Hey, Johnny, the Angels made some hires yesterday, and we're going to talk about each one of them. And then Perry Manassian said Shohei is not going anywhere, and we're going to talk about that. And the first owner of the Angels was the singing cowboy Gene Autry, my favorite owner. And today we're going to tell you why Gene was a great owner and what new ownership can actually learn from this singing cowboy. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Every show is free and it's available on all platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the best way to help us out is by giving a rate and a review. We would love five stars. And those watching on YouTube, you can help the show out with a like, a comment, a subscription, and you can click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of Lockdown Angels, where it's your team every single day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, aka the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Hey, happy election day. Make sure you get out there and vote if you're, uh, in California and across the country, of course. But uh, get out there and vote. People need you to vote, so get out and vote. That's that's very important. That's that is your, very uh, important. That's your duty. Yes, it is. <laughs> your patriotic duty. Heck yeah. So it's election day, and Mike, the Angels kept us busy on a Monday with tons of news coming out yesterday about coaching staff, Otani, all kinds of stuff that we're excited about. We appreciate the but, content. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, keeping us busy and keeping you guys informed, so thank you for joining us. Uh, to start, we've got a new hitting coach on the way. Marcus Timms is going to be joining the Angels as the new hitting coach. Why don't you tell us a little bit about him, Mike? I actually am really excited about having him, but I mean, what we gave away is 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 good that it's gone, and anybody that comes in <laughs> is actually going to be better, right? And an so improvement. Of any, anybody would have been an improvement. So Marcus Timms is going to be our new hitting coach, at least for this next season. And our friends over at Beyond the Halo on Twitter, at Beyond the Halo, did some research. They did a great and, job. And, and they did a fantastic job. So, so Marcus Timms has been working with the Yankees offense since 2018. He was there until 2021. And so, he, of course, he's going to be the new Angels hitting coach. And the, their offense was fantastic in those years. They were in the top five in all of the necessary categories like OPS and WOBA and weighted runs created plus. That's John's favorite stat. Yes, it is. This this offense, of course, with the Yankees, it's really good. And that is a part of Marcus Timms really coaching them well. They had a hmm. really high walk percentage and, mm-hmm. and the way that they would make contact and how they swung in the zone really indicated that they had a good offensive philosophy. Now, you and I talked earlier this year about how the Angels just didn't look like they had any sort of approach for a mm-hmm. good chunk of the season. They were either watching pitches or they were swinging at everything. And what we learned from the time that Marcus Timms was coaching in New York is that the Yankees actually had a great philosophy, a great approach. There was an emphasis on taking walks. There was an emphasis on hitting for power. There was an emphasis on avoiding uh, the swinging and missing at pitches that are outside of the strike mm-hmm. zone. That's what we need with this team, especially as the team gets younger with some of these younger guys coming up like Levon Soto and Luis Ranjifo. And now with the shift being banned, we actually need a really good approach because some of mm-hmm. these guys actually are 
I think they're going to be a little bit more successful because the defense is not going to be able to anticipate as much as they were this last season for next season. Now, in an article that was published on NJ.com in June about the Yankees' struggle, Marcus Timms actually defended the analytics department. He said he Mm -hmm. appreciated and implemented the data that was given to him. Obviously, that's good because we've already talked about the tension that was felt from the front office to Joe Madden and if Jeremy Reed was actually paying attention to that at all or just worried about his fantasy baseball team. We're not really sure, (laughs) but... Perry is somebody who really values analytics and data, and we know that's going to be a part of the Angels' approach for this next season. So Mm -hmm. having somebody that's receptive to that and actually cheers that on is really great. Mm -hmm. And you and I have talked often about how we need a hand-to-glove relationship from the front office to the coaching Mm -hmm. staff where you're not calling down and saying, hey, I need you to do this, or hey, I need you to do that. You're going to trust the guys that you've hired to coach this team, and it's Sounds like getting Marcus Timms is somebody that fits into the strategy, the scheme, the vision that Perry has for the Halos for next season. Yeah, that that article from NJ.com, it's NewJersey.com. They did that article last June in 2021 when the Yankees were struggling and he defended the analytics department, and I loved that. Also, man, that stat of 27.6 outside the zone swing percentage, the third lowest in baseball, that means they're not chasing. They're not going after pitches that are impossible to hit that are outside the zone. So there's a, a huge approach to swinging inside the zone. And of course, you know, Tim's was part of the Marlins this season and he, and and they struggled and, and he was their hitting coach. And I don't know that that's necessarily a reflection on him. I mean, that team wasn't a great, offense especially when Jazz Chisholm went down like yeah. that, that was a, a struggle there so I'm willing to give him a chance as our hitting coach and like you said you know the fact that Jeremy Reed is gone is a much needed improvement for for our halos and then how about this the assistant hitting coach that the Angels hired Phil Plantier he was the Yankees AAA hitting coach with the Rail Riders which is where our friend Steve Granado spent the last season doing play-by-play for them uh, lots of players give him credit for changing their careers for the better. In fact, wow. he was with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp in 2022. <laughs> I love that name. And they, I know, I love that name too so much. They're the Marlins AAA affiliate. And Mike, you and I have a very good friend who is in the minor league system for the Marlins as a pitcher. Yeah. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, we got this news today. And how do, how do you feel about Phil? And he said, dude, Phil is the man. He got the chance to hang out with him when he was in AAA for a little bit. And all the guys there said he single-handedly changed their careers wow. for the better. So from the Yankees organization to the Marlins organization, same narrative. Phil Plantier is the, yeah, exactly the same narrative. Everybody says he's a great hire, a great guy, and has improved their careers significantly. So that's an assistant hitting coach to be excited about. And and we're looking forward to seeing what he can do and help these guys develop their careers for sure. Yesterday, I monitored Marlins Twitter, and there were a few big Twitter accounts that talk about the Marlins and what they do during the regular mm-hmm. season and offseason. And each of them, I think there was four of them that I saw, each of them said, what a move by the Halos to pluck Plantier mm. because he's their guy in the minor leagues that you're like, I think this is the next dude. I think this is oh, the wow. next p- person that people are going to go, man, if we can get this guy on our team, he's going to be a great coach. And again, the same narrative with the Yankees and with the Marlins. He changed our career. That's fantastic. Now, there was yeah. one more hire, John. Bill, there was. Bill, 
Hezel was hired uh, f- by the Angels. Now, last year, the Angels hired Connor Hinchcliffe from mm-hmm. Driveline as a pitching analyst, and, and we can see how he actually helped the young arms. And that's mm-hmm. something that you and I haven't talked about too much. We've talked about Matt Wise and Phil Nevin really helping build confidence with like Jose Suarez and some of the other sure. guys. But we got to remember that Connor has been a part of the organization now, and we were stoked about this move when it mm-hmm. was first made. Bill actually is a former director of pitching at Driveline, and he's now going to be the assistant for our pitching coach, Matt Wise. So now we have mm-hmm. two guys from the same organization that kind of have the same philosophy, maybe even the same approach. I think this is going to be beneficial for, again, for our young pitchers, but also pitchers that come in. We saw what happened with the Dodgers last year with Tyler Anderson. He yes. suddenly became this incredible pitcher. Part of that is because he joined an organization with a great culture, and mm-hmm. they were willing to work on things. You hear this narrative all the time, like when Marsh went to the Phillies or when Andrew Haney went to the Yanks and then back to the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. There's this line that that the GMs and the scouting and the coaches are all saying, like, we noticed something in his swing. We noticed something in Mm -hmm. the way that he was throwing, and and we're going to address that. We think that we can really improve that. This hire feels like that's how they're going to approach bringing people in, right? Like, we noticed something in how they were throwing. We're going to be able to adjust that. Jose, you're going to be able to go six innings instead of five, and here's how you're going to be able to sustain that. I think the issue with Reed Detmers, where he got sent down to AAA, and they figured out something wrong with his slider, and then he came back up, you and I were ticked off that Matt Wise was not able to identify that. Ticked off. With Bill Hezel, I think they will be able to identify that because, Mike, when people work at driveline and major league talent from all the teams go there in the offseason, you see college arms go there, college hitters go there, and and for those unfamiliar with driveline, they use so much data and analytics. They actually, sometimes they'll put pitchers and hitters in like a motion capture suit that you see in the movies, and then... They're able to analyze their throwing and their and all that stuff just by the motion capture that they do. So to me, I think this solves the problem that we had this season where Matt Wise didn't recognize what was wrong with Reed Detmers. I think Hezel is going to be able to identify that stuff because he's used to identifying that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's another analytical move, the second driveline hire in a row by the Angels and Perry Manassian. Here's what got me. Ty Buttry, who is a free agent, he said this on Twitter. He said, although I'm a free agent, I wanted to share that I worked with Bill Hezel when I went to driveline back in 2020 offseason. I have nothing but great things to say about him. He's incredibly smart, knows the mechanical side, and works his butt off. Halo's got a great one. So Mm. that's encouraging as well. So many people are speaking highly of him. He's excited. Connor Hinchlife is excited. He's going to be reunited with his driveline cohort. Great news all around. I think that we're pretty excited about this coaching staff coming into 2023. Now, the Angels did say that uh, Mike Gallego and pitching coach Dom Chidi and assistant hitting coach Paul Sorrento, they'll be reassigned within the organization. So they are no longer going to be coaches, but they will stay with the organization moving forward. Well, coming up on Locked on Angels, Gene Autry was more than an owner. He was a fan, and we're going to tell you why. But first, Locked on Angels is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football betting info. And the start of the NBA season, find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, 
analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting, up to the minute scores for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And for your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. John, you may notice that my voice is a little scratchy because on Monday we watched our youngest daughter play at Staples Center. I know it's Crypto.com. It's it's Staples Center. It'll always be Staples Center. And so she got to play with her high school team and so we were yelling and screaming. So that's what I've done with my voice. But I also yelled and screamed (laughs) when I heard Perry Manassian say, Shohei Otani will not be traded this off season and I let He's out a yeah! you know <laughs> now truthfully we kind of knew this was coming we kind of sure. knew that this was going to happen and yeah Truthfully, it's a great move. And mm-hmm. I know people outside of the Angels organization are saying, oh, he's going to waste his career. Oh, and they're me. wasting his Cry about it. Cry in your pie. Right? <laughs> All of that stuff. But the reality is, is that you don't trade Mickey Mantle. You mm. don't trade Ken Griffey Jr. You don't mm-hmm. trade Bo Jackson in his prime. You, you just don't do that. And if you're trying to lure a new owner... And you're mm-hmm. trying to lure in more fans, you don't get rid of Shohei Otani. There was a stat right. that was shared on Twitter last week or the week before. There were like 20 organizations that advertised with the Angels from Japan yeah. during Shohei's pitching performances and mm-hmm. when Shohei was batting, and only when Shohei was pitching and batting. While they were on the road. Yes. Like they were on the road in different stadiums and getting advertisements put up behind Shohei and during his start. So it wasn't just at Angel Stadium. It was on the road as well. That blew me away. Yeah. And so there's so many reasons, and we can just spin the rest of the pod if we wanted to, talking about all the reasons (laughs) why you keep Shohei. But you keep Shohei because he's Shohei, right? And I get it. We want to trade and... We can get all these young guys and we can become this really great team or have this hope of really getting a a haul of players. And I'm with you. I'm with fans who think that. I'm with other fans outside of the Angels organization that think that. It sounds fun. It sounds Mm -hmm. exciting. And, mm-hmm. it, and it causes us to go, man, we, what if we could win with Diego Cartaya from the, the Dodgers mm-hmm. if we make that trade? Or what if we could mm-hmm. win with, I think it's Peraza from the Yankees, right? Like, what if we could win with all of these guys? Volpe, like, wouldn't it be great if we got these guys? Yeah, it would be. It'd be really great. <laughs> but quite frankly, as an Angel fan, I want to watch Shohei Otani pitch. And I want to watch Shohei Otani hit. And, and if we only have one more year with him, I want to try to win with Shohei right. Otani. And and yeah. if we don't if we don't start off well the first half, then trade him. I I, I will have right. a different posture and attitude 
in July next year, if we're a few games under 500 or maybe 10 games under 500, I think we should trade him. Now, if we're at 500, I think that we should pull the Phillies and we should just go for it because that, yes. <laughs> with the way that the playoffs work, let's just go for it. But right, it makes sense why you don't trade him. It makes sense why you keep him. And it makes sense with all of this unknown surrounding the Angels, especially as you want to get new ownership. Why not just try to go for it? And I think that this is a great move, a brilliant move. So high five to Perry. And, and I'm, I'm excited that he's going to be with us at least through the first half of the season. Here's my thoughts. If you trade Shohei Otani, you're going to get a haul back. And I think that that's great. And remember, we looked at that Dodger trade and went, oh, this is really tempting. Right. But you're going to get some great hitters and you're going to get some great pitchers. And they'll be great in a few years. Yeah. They'll be great two, three, four years down the road. You have a great hitter and a great pitcher right now who's helping your team win. In fact, sometimes you can't even win unless he's on the mound, right. right? That happened this season. There's no reason not to run it back this season. Perry Manassian said he doesn't feel like they're that far away. Well, that's GM speak a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. if they make some moves to add to their depth, which he's aware is lacking, yep. he's aware yep. that offensive depth is lacking, pitching depth is lacking. So if that's an indication of what they're going to do, if they're going to move forward and get the depth that they need, and get guys who can replace your Mike Trouts and Rendones when they aren't on the field every day. They're not going to live up to those levels, but they're going to contribute and they're going to help get the team a win. And we need to see a healthy Mike Trout, Rendon, Walsh, all those guys, David Fletcher included. Again, I think they're not that far away from winning if they can get the right pieces this offseason. And there's no reason in the world not to run it back with Shohei. And I'm with you. If they stumble out of the gate and it's looking like a disaster, then you trade them halfway at the deadline and you still get some pieces back. It's not going to be the haul that you would get for a year of Otani, but people with a World Series opportunity will give you the world if it means getting Shohei Otani to their team. I think the Angels have all the leverage in the trade deadline when that comes July, August, whenever it might be. All that to say, you've got to try. If you if you give up now in this offseason, then what does that tell your fans? What does that tell the future owner? What does that tell your team? Giving away Otani and trading him right now is just pulling the plug on 2023. Look, we got out to a great start in 2022. Then we faced some injuries. Then we faced some really difficult teams. And we stumbled. And so... If they can be the team that they were in April and May, then there's no reason not to try again. And I think the Angels have every reason to try again with Shohei Otani. So all those trade proposals that got written in The Athletic just yesterday, right before the news came out. (laughs) Goodbye. Sorry, your your article is outdated now. Johnny, you know who would keep Shohei Otani and wouldn't even question keeping him on the team and signing him to a long-term deal? It would be the Angels' first owner, Gene Autry, who has been my favorite owner so far. I know there's only been three, but, I mean, out of the three, (laughs) he's been my favorite. Now, Gene actually was there when the team was created. He owned the team from 1961 to 1997 before selling a majority of his shares to Disney. And he was the one that moved the team from Los Angeles to Anaheim Mm -hmm. in 1966. And it Mm -hmm. all started, John, 
because Gene expressed interest in acquiring the radio broadcast rights to the team's game. <laughs> and they were like, why don't you just take over the team? <laughs> right. And baseball executives were like, uh, we're impressed by you. So they approached him and persuaded him to be the owner. And Gene was a good owner. And one of the things that I really liked about Gene was that he was already a superstar. I mean, mm. he, he he sang Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer long before I heard, he... I heard him singing at a restaurant yesterday when I, we got <laughs> <Yes>. breakfast. <laughs> it's Christmas time He sang already. that long before he became the owner, right? right. And so he, he knew how to deal with the, with the media. He knows how to deal with people. And, and so when we talk about new ownership coming in, I think that there's a few things that they can learn from the Gene Autry era hmm. of ownership with the Angels. The first thing, John, constant communication is mm. helpful mm-hmm. for the fans. Gene was all always in front of the microphone and he was always in front of the microphone not giving organizational speak Hmm. GM speak he was in front of the microphone and he was saying yeah I really want this team to win and so we're going to do whatever is necessary and I, I had to think back like when, when was the last time Artie was in front of a microphone and talked to the fans it's been a long time yeah he's I think it was when they unavailable. when they signed Trout maybe for a long-term deal like I mean, maybe before yeah. that it was I can't remember when it was and so that that I think is a a, a really big win mm-hmm. for new ownership and why I think one of the reasons why I think Gene was a great owner why don't you give us another reason yeah for the next ownership to not be afraid to sign the big name and give the team the chance that they need to win that's exactly what Gene Autry would do. He wasn't afraid to sign that big free agent. Reggie Jackson, Dave Winfield, Rod Carew, you know him, yep. and Fred Lynn. Listen, I know the Angels only went to the playoffs three times during Autry's 36 years as an owner, and that's a, a 483 winning percentage. But here's the thing about that. The playoffs were not structured the way that they are now. Right. The, the, the There's only two divisions in each league at that time. There's no wild card. And certainly not three wild card spots like there was in 2022. So there's not that many opportunities to get to the playoffs. But here's teams that would have made it just from the 70s and 80s. 1970 would have made it. 1978, 84, 85, 89. Those teams would have gotten into the playoffs under today's format. And that's not even mentioning the 90s teams. I'm right. sure you're familiar with some that are that would have made it in, in this format. So Gene did all he could to help the Halos be competitive. And even though the results aren't there in the record books, if those standards were applied to today's team and the way that the playoffs shape up in 2023 and how they did last year, the Angels would be competitive and they would be in the hunt and in the race almost every year if they were playing under today's standards. Yeah. And and just just for clarification, they started off 10 games over 500, right? 27 and 17. Yeah. And and that would lead them to an 86 win season. 86 wins got you into the playoffs. I mean, Tampa Bay mm-hmm. had 86 wins and they got into the playoffs this last season. So, I mean, we're close and I think for Gene mm-hmm. Autry, he's somebody that always did what was necessary to try to get the team where they need to go. Now, here's here's a third reason why why I think Gene was a great owner and what new ownership can learn from Gene Autry. He he was a fan of the fans. And so mm. you know that there's 25 people on a major league roster. Now I think it's like what 26. They've they've upped it. 26, 26. yeah. 26. But Gene Autry actually has his number retired 
in the Halo Hall of Fame, number 26, because at the time there was only 25 men on the roster and mm-hmm. everybody called him the 26th man because mm-hmm. he was a fan of the team. He was celebrating the team, cheering the team on. And in fact, when the Angels won the World Series in 2002, my boy, my favorite, Tim Salmon, actually walked around with Gene Autry's hat and they played the song Back in the Saddle again. Like they celebrated That's him. Awesome. He was such yeah. a fan of this team, not just the owner, but he wanted to see them win and he created an experience at Angel Stadium that was really second to none and a lot of it had to do with just his spirit with his excitement meeting players meeting the media and then actually coming out and meeting the fans as well because he was such a well-known guy before all of this and he became Mm -hmm. even more well-known as he owned the team and so I think that what the new ownership can do to be a great owner is to become a fan of the fans. And maybe Hmm. what they first thing they need to do is actually embrace the history, embrace Gene Autry's story and actually acknowledge him and honor him when they take over this team. Yeah. It's kind of sad that the, the interactive aspect of, you know, Artie Marino has gone away because I remember going to spring training with you back in the the late 2000s and being around there. And and there was a chance you might see Artie Marino walk by and shake hands with the fans and and do all that. And I know he was out there this past spring training, but yeah, his unavailable, being unavailable the way that he's been over the last couple of years is just a shame. And maybe that has to do with him getting older and that sort of thing and not being able to keep up. But yeah, for Gene Autry to be a fan of the fans and a fan of the team, I really hope the next owner loves the Angels and loves them with the same passion that you and I do, the same passion that those who are listening to Locked on Angels do, because we all really care about this team, and we just want to see them succeed, and we want an owner who wants them to succeed as well, and not just make a big buck off of them and move on. I think whoever comes along, the next owner, is going to have a vested interest in helping this team win. And we're all going to be there to celebrate that when the time comes. Well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. They're sharing some of the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. They're available on the Odyssey app, also available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, be sure to give us a follow and share your thoughts with us at Locked On Angels on Twitter. Of course, you can reach us at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram and comment below on YouTube if you're watching on the YouTube side. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Uh, this might be a controversial take, but we're going to talk about why Disney was a great owner <laughs> for the Angels. We've got some really good reasons, and I think that you'll agree, and that's tomorrow on Locked on Angels. You're going to make me wish upon a star that we can get a World Series ring this season, <laughs> so that's what's going to happen. Well, you know, they were the owners when we won the World I Series. Know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we hope you'll join us again tomorrow. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Angels, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.